The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Warning, this podcast may contain bad language and scenes that may make you feel uncomfortable. I don't have anything to give to that. Much, like, gonna, much gonna... like that silence uncomfortable yeah i was actually gonna bust your chops on saying scenes but i thought yeah, yeah i thought you would that's that's what i was waiting for I thought this, as soon but, as i said it i was like uh flopped it no but then i thought no you can have audio like an audible scene as well like scene isn't a visual like isn't intrinsically visual yeah you could have seen kids as well exactly so that's why I've, i was about to bust your chops and i was like actually no that's stupid i'll be called out immediately by our listeners for <laughs> that not being the case just that like Cleves fan club. Started and number one founding member and only member. <laughs> well, I'm not in that membership either. Why would you want to be? Team T all the way. That's not even got you as a member. No, it doesn't. I hate myself sometimes. Oh, that's so sad. Welcome to the Seesaw Podcast with Tea and Cleves. Each week, offering up a great perspective on life. Hello and welcome. So, I think we should do, to start things off, is kick back with some little bit old school light admin. House Saga update. Still not moved in. Still waiting on that house. So what's the problem? The council are the problem. The slowest buck. They need to get back to me. And they need to get back to the buyers so that I can get into my house. Get sick and tired of waiting. At least the um, stamp duty's been extended. I mean, how pissed off would you have been if that had not happened and then this had delayed it to the point where you had to pay stamp duty? Uh, I mean, it's still potentially a possibility, but we'll see. Hopefully not. Yeah. Because that's our new uh, new studio as well. Yeah. What about light admin for you? How about a clue for the where you work? Hmm. I work within the academic sector have okay. i used that one no within education the, la- the, the last one was so nothing it was basically i work with a computer that wasn't my best day um i have got other sort of feedback as well the mascot of the podcast and my retired guide dog had his birthday this week how old is he 11 oh so happy birthday to wes in dog years, he's old as fuck. I didn't even realise we had a mascot till just now. Well, unofficial mascot. 11. What's that in dog years? 77, roughly? Yeah, it depends on the breed. Shall we move to topic of the week? Topic of the week. You got rid of those jingles really quick, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I just, I don't know why I didn't, didn't get on with them after a while. Yeah. Kept some, discarded others. It's a journey. It's a podcast journey, and you're taking it with us. <laughs> so, you pitched the topic for this week. I originally pitched cooking, but I wanted to nail it down a little bit. 
I'm just putting it out there because if this completely bombs and there's bollocks, I'm just putting it out that this was your idea. To yeah, I figured that was the case. You were offsetting the blame to me. No, well, I'm gonna stick with it. It's, okay. like, it's like on The Apprentice where someone pitches an idea and it seems really good at first and then it turns out to totally bomb, but it's already gotten to the point where you've got the product in your hands and you're still having to sell it to Asda or whatever. If you're going to reference The Apprentice, you should have started off by saying you were shocked that answers to no one and you always <laughs> get results. <laughs> yeah, that's a very good point. <laughs> so I moved food down to breakfast, the most delicious meal of the day. I don't really have breakfast. <laughs> Oh, you're missing out. So, breakfast. I When we say it out now, loud, I realise to myself now, it's like breakfast, bit of a wanky topic. But you know what, I don't care, I'm going to run with it, because <laughs> I've already pitched it, and now I'm pitching it to Asda and Tesco. Okay. So, breakfast. So, we'll, we'll branch out a little bit as well. We blinky breakfast as well, you know, blinky. it's going to have some, a little, a little bit of blinkness to it. Yes, yeah, so it's not just like recipes with cleaves here. Yeah, I ain't got many other than lob it in a pan. Yeah. Or lob it in a bowl. So I eat breakfast a lot more than I used to. I used to notoriously like not eat anything until like one o'clock in the afternoon. They say that's not good for you. They say everything's not good for you. Like, mm. I was fine. What about working out and healthy eating? I don't really want to talk about that because if we're talking about episodes that haven't done well, the healthy, <laughs> the healthy one has not done well, so I don't want to start going down that route. No one wants to hear about how to eat well. What they want to hear about is how to make a big, juicy fry-up. Like at the start of Dexter, if you ever watched that show, where basically the opening credits is just him making a delicious fry-up. That's what I'm about. Yeah, which is weird, because a fry-up is traditionally a British thing, I think. Americans love their breakfast, but I think like, if you're talking a fry-up... Oh, yeah, proper full English, well, it's full English breakfast, isn't it? So what would you say are... I think there's a lot of debate on this. What would you say are essential elements to a fry-up? Right, full English breakfast, bacon, sausage, egg, tomatoes, mushrooms, hash brown, black pudding. Beans. Nearly forgot the beans. I think I I agree with you. I think if you look up like the definition of a breakfast, I think it's just something shit like tomato, bacon, eggs, and like mushrooms. I think it's like only like four things. As a full English? Yeah. It's not full, though, is it? No, but I think... Like the, the, the That's like a third English breakfast. The actual definition of it, I think, is very limited. But I will agree with you that sausage, bacon, eggs, hash browns, don't like mushrooms, so I'm not having those. Beans, fine. Egg. The only things that are really up for debate are mushrooms, tomatoes, and... Even black pudding. Black pudding and hash browns. They're, they're the things that are up for debate. The other, the other four things are staple. Yeah, I'd say so. And hash browns, I, I do like a good hash brown, but I think it you can't be surprised if you go somewhere and they don't have a hash brown on the, the menu. Yeah, right? no, that's fair. It's the same with black pudding. Like some places will just not sell black pudding. Yeah, I think that's just because a lot of it's a it's a divisive piece yeah. of breakfast. Why less? Yeah, true. But then again, I don't like tomatoes. Everyone's like, even people that like tomatoes... Or even people that don't like tomatoes were like, oh, yeah, I like those wanky tin tomatoes. No, you don't. Tomatoes are tomatoes. <laughs> Get in the sea. <laughs> what, the tomatoes? Yep. <laughs> sea tomatoes. Get a can of tomatoes, chuck it in the sea, and then go to your local B&B and have it without. I don't know why you go to a B&B specifically for breakfast. Well, in my head, I'm at the seaside, 
Okay. I've, already, I've already poured the tomatoes in the sea. Okay. And then I've gone back. <laughs> for some reason, I'm staying at a B&B, obviously, because I'm at the, sta- at the seaside. And then I've gone back to the B&B to have my breakfast without the tomatoes. They've not realised that I've taken their tomato stash from the kitchen at this point. Okay, you've got to explain it if like you have an image in your head and you're just going to say like two words. Nope. <laughs> you fill in the blanks. God damn it. But if you were cooking it yourself, how would you cook it? As far as being a blinky is concerned, like we touched on some of this when we were talking about education when I ranted on the stupidity of blind people in the kitchen. So I can elaborate a little bit on it now. Good topic. I know what you're saying. Carry on. So... <laughs> When you're doing like a fry up, I know that some people are going to say, "Oh yeah, but you got to fry it in oil, blah 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 blah." It's like, yeah, it doesn't really make that much of a difference. I would put the sausages in the oven, in like a metal pan sort of thing. Not even on the grill, just in the oven. Just in the oven, right? Just oven bake them, and with bacon, probably the same. To be honest, I'm not a big fan of bacon anyway, so. I can take it or leave it, to be honest. I think the issue I have with bacon is, in the UK especially, when you go somewhere, they always give you that limp shit bacon. And when I've been to America, it's all like they make it crisp, like you can snap it like a twig. Yeah, you can cook it for longer if you're cooking it yourself. Yeah, but not if you're eating it at like a cafe or something. Yeah, but we're saying you're cooking it yourself now. Yeah, which I will make it crispy if I am going to have bacon, but I can take it or leave it. So you don't just bung it all in a frying pan then? Because you could just do it that way. Yeah. Sausage, bacon, eggs, all whacked in a pan. You could, but then they all cook at different rates. And I like control. And I think if you are visually impaired in the kitchen, having control is the most important thing. Knowing where things are and sort of knowing the process that's happening. The whole fuck it and bung it attitude of just putting bacon, sausages, and then cracking an egg into your frying pan... Like, the, the egg will cook first, but your sausages won't be. Yeah, you put them in first, don't you? Yeah, I know, but you're relying on, like, if, you, if you're blind, you're not going to know that. Sometimes you just got to cut out risk. Sausages you can get sick from. So if you put them in the oven, by the time you've done your oven prep, they'll be ready to come out of the oven at the end. Okay, fair. What about your tomatoes and beans? Microwave or in saucepan? I would say microwave. Yeah. Like, get one of those microwave... Um, like you get I easy think, fix, isn't it, mate? Two minutes, bang, done. It's like Systema is the company, but they're like microwave-proof, like cup things with a lid and a little vent on them. Just chuck your stuff in there. They don't explode all over the microwave. Like they're good. They're good little things. So I'll just chuck the beans in there, tomatoes in there. Your eggs, you're gonna have to fry though. I assume you're going fried over scrambled. I prefer scrambled. Ah, uh, what? What is what, mate? We're going to have some problems here. <laughs> because firstly, you're a scrambled over a fried man. Right. And secondly, you, you've got no time for bacon. I mean, no one likes the last piece of bacon in the packet, you know, where it's all like slimy. But once it's lobbed on the grill or in the frying pan, it's fine. Can I be even more controversial? No. I like turkey bacon. Oh, it's not even real bacon, is it? How can you call it bacon if it's not made of bake? <laughs> because I like turkey bacon. It, with bacon as well, like I have a real issue with fat on meat. Like I, I don't like the texture of it. I'm going to say if you've got a problem with fat on meat, then probably a fry up's not your jam. Yeah, but that's why, like scrambled eggs with a bit of butter. You like, can put butter on your fried egg if you want. Yeah. Okay. I don't mind a fried egg, 
but I'm shit at doing them. So if my wife is home, she will do the eggs because she's really good at them. Well, this is what I'm saying. She As a blinky, cafe. how do you make a good fried egg? Full Maybe, of shell. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you can field this because I don't fry eggs. If I'm on my own, I will scramble the eggs because it's easier or do an omelette. I'll be honest, as a blinky, I take my chances. I get the uh, get the pan going, you know, hold my hand over it, and when I feel the oil spitting against my hand, I um, shake off the burns and then uh, crack the <laughs> eggs in. And then, you know, when, when when they're good enough for me to get my spatula underneath, and they you know they're sort of whited off, that's when I that's when I'm good to go. Yeah, I mean that's fair. It's a little bit of a hit and hope method. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, if you're happy doing that as a blinky, fine. But if you just want to have like a fry up and you want an egg element, I'd say that that's probably the most dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, a scrambled egg, you can just bang in the microwave, can't you? You can do. Um, I've also got a thing as well with the same company. This is not sponsored by Systema. Although, like Systema, hit me up. I have a lot of your products and I love them all. I believe I'm adding this at Systema on Twitter. <laughs> Next episode brought to you by Systema. Blinky friendly Tupperware. It is really good, to be honest. But I have a uh, Systema egg cooker. Okay. Which bakes eggs. Uh, you put it in the microwave. It bakes eggs. What do you it, mean? It makes like um, it makes like an omelette thing, but you okay. can still have a runny yolk in it. It's just a little sort of plastic microwavable thing. You crack your egg into it. Close it, and then you've got a little vent on top, like all their their tubs have. And you literally throw it in the microwave for like a minute, and then it has like a perfectly like baked egg in there with a runny oak, and you can just scoop it out. I feel like you can make a career, you know, like Tupperware parties, but specifically with Systema and Blinkies. Again, Systema, hit me up. (laughs) (laughs) But it's such a useful little gadget because it gets me like a good egg every single time. So, ah, you're a good egg. <laughs> More of an Easter egg. No one's moment. taking that away from you. What do you so, do about eating your breakfast? Your fried breakfast? How's the bean situation? There's a blinky. Because we we've talked before previously as I've as I've watched blinkies with hilarious cruelty dibbing into a roast dinner full of gravy. The bean juice is uh, similar on the scale. I've watched I've watched uh, a blind person eat a, a breakfast before, and it's been equal hilarity and pity. It's not pretty, is it? <laughs> <laughs> How is it for you? You've got a beard. It must be even worse. Generally speaking, if I'm doing a fart at home, I won't have beans. It's just another thing that I can't be bothered with. I'm a bit lazy. If I'm making a fry-up at home, I'll probably have scrambled egg on toast, a couple of sausages, and a cup of tea. Right, not full English, then. It's not, but I don't... I cannot tell you the last time I made a full English. Me neither. I read it. To be honest, that's probably where you're get, getting them at a B&B in it, at the seaside. Even then, I would have opted for meeting people in town and then going to like a Weatherspoons or something like that and then getting one with a Guinness. <laughs> Breakfast of champions. That's the new Guinness slogan. <laughs> yeah. When it's 8.30am and all you need is a fried breakfast and a Guinness. Actually, didn't we do that in Ireland? We had a, like a fried... Irish breakfast and a Guinness. Yeah. And it wasn't it wasn't late on, was it? No, no, it was not. It's about half eight, nine-ish. And whenever I fly as well, I always get a fly up from Weatherspoons at the airport and a Guinness. Yeah, it's annoying though, isn't it? Because like you go to Weatherspoons at an airport and think, oh yeah, I'm going to get a nice breakfast and it'll cost me a fiver, but it doesn't. It still cost you a tenner because you're in an airport. Yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous. I was shocked the last time I went, quite completely forgot. And then when 
my wife came back and it was like 25 quid for both of us. I was like, what? Yeah. We didn't buy the Weatherspoons. So, like, breakfast, I'll always stick to things that are simple. Sandwiches, like sausage sandwich or roll or bacon sandwich. I mean, these are the easy things as a blinky to do. Mm. Like, especially if you're cooking for other people, it's hard to fuck them up, really. Yeah. Especially if you're putting your sausages in the oven. A trick I always do, and this is a good blinky hack, Cut your sausages in half, like lengthways, just to make them into like okay, so patties. In this particular instance, you've got lardy da Billy Big Ball sausages. In my instance, it's uh, frozen Richmond, mate. If they're frozen, <laughs> good luck. Yeah. But if they're not frozen, cut them before you put them in. They'll cook quicker, and they won't roll all over your plate, and they won't roll out of your sandwich. So it's easier to keep track of them because they're not going to roll. I hate this pesky sausages just going walk about. <laughs> the amount of times I've bitten into a like a sandwich and a, like the sausages haven't been cut and they just fall out and roll on the floor and I'm not gonna lie, I found a sausage under my couch and I had no idea how long it had been there. <laughs> I don't know who dropped it and it rolled under. It was the way you said as well, keep track of your sausages like you've got to find my iPhone on the sausage. <laughs> find my sausage. Yeah. If I didn't already have a fantastic name for this episode, it would be fine to <laughs> I mean, ideally, get square sausages. Because square sausages not only are delicious... Your Scottish is showing. My Scottish is showing, to be honest. In fact, one of my favourite breakfasts. Square sausage, potato scone, and then an egg on top. And a warm cup of iron brew. Well, don't want it warm. I don't know, it's breakfast then. You need a hot drink. Yeah, it's probably... Like alcoholic. You can have an iron brew and vodka. I assume that's what it comes with. <laughs> don't, they, don't they call that a Scottish coffee? <laughs> should okay. We, should we move on to simpler things? Let's move on to simpler things. Bowl of cereal. Bowl of cereal. As a blinky. Uh, firstly, how do you get your cereal in the bowl without it flopping everywhere? I put my cereal into... <laughs> For fuck's sake. <laughs> I have... From Sistema. Oh, of course you do. <laughs> <laughs> I have airtight containers and I pour my cereal into the containers because then I have measuring cups and I... Where are they from? They're not for Sistema. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, they're just cheap ones I got from the supermarket. Does Sistema make them? If they do, I'll be buying some <laughs> after this recording. <laughs> yeah, I just put them in like um, airtight containers like porridge, canola, anything like that. Because then when you're a blinky, you can just scoop up like a cup is like a portion. And then you can just fill on top and level it up, put your hand over the top. You're not going to drop it everywhere? Yeah, but surely you've got to put the bag into the Tupperware in the first place. Yeah, but that's not too difficult. It's quite a wide opening at the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but what I mean is, if you've already got the bag open and you're scooping it into a container, why not just do that every time you want something to eat? Into a bowl. Because I, it removes the risk of like, the stuff going stale. And like me not sealing up properly. Right, okay. So just put them in the airtight containers. If you measured out the correct portion each time, then you could just... Assuming you had enough systemic containers, (laughs) one for each day, then you could just pour milk straight into it. No, but I put the entire box in there and then I put that in the bowl. Well, how do you know how much milk to pour in? See, that's tricky. I'm going to tell you that the easy solution is to not use milk. It's healthier for you, as far as nutrition, to use yoghurt. So with my granola, 
I will have like the individual tubs of like natural yogurt. Can use a big one if you want, but then you're getting into like mess territory. I used to do that, but now I'll get like um like fruit corners where you have like the compote on one side and then the yogurt on the other. Yeah. I'll just open that and empty that into the bowl. Right, with my granola. Decent breakfast. No mess. Very controllable. If you are going to use milk, I'm not going to lie, I always fuck it up. <laughs> I always put so, like too little in there, in which case I'm just eating dry cereal, or it's, it's cereal soup. Mm. And just a shitload of... And I can't think of any way around that, really. I mean, just, you... just do the classic thumb hook. You know, put your thumb over the side of the bowl, pour the milk in until it hits the top of your thumb, and you're good to go. Yeah, but you could still, like, douse your cereal in milk. Well, yeah. That is sometimes not, isn't want, that the point? Sometimes you don't want the milk coming over your cereal. At what point would it do that? If you, <laughs> How much cereal are you having? So you're saying push my thumb down into the cereal? Yeah, the side of the bowl. Yeah. Right? And then when you pour the milk in and it touches your thumb, then you're good, aren't you? You take your, take your thumb out. Got a nice little milky thumb. But it depends how much cereal you've got in there. It's not going to be so little cereal that when the milk hits your thumb, it's going to be too much milk. Well, it depends on how big the bowl is and it depends how much the portion is. Well, yeah, but again, if you're putting your, your thumb solution, over the side, your then solution, you know how big no, the bowl is, don't no, you? No, no. Your solution is only relevant... In your head, where you know, in your head, you know how big the bowl is and how much cereal you're Why would you in. not know that? You've literally put your hand over the side of it. Yeah, but what I'm saying is if you have a really wide bowl, the cereal's going to be really shallow at the bottom. Or if you have a really Yeah, but again, you'd bowl, know that, wouldn't you? You can put your hand on the cereal, give your, give your cereal a bit of a feel around. <laughs> also, if you're a blinky, chances are you know how big your crockery is. Yeah, that's true. Now whose theory works? I would just milky avoid, thumbs. I would just avoid milk. Yeah, it's great. No one likes it. Okay, so yeah, you can do that. You can, can you can totally do that. You can also have pancakes if you're feeling particularly American, American, like sassy. Flipping them can be a bit tricky, but well, we had this conversation the other day. Before you even go that far. You were like, how are you going to make your pancake batter, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what do you mean? You just buy it and pour it in the pan. <laughs> this is the big difference between me and you, which I think we have to outline. I enjoy cooking, whereas you are very much... I'm a convenience man. You're a man who eats to sustain, whereas I am a man who eats to enjoy. So I will make pancakes from scratch, whereas you'll get a squeezy bottle. <laughs> yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Mine's probably taste better. I doubt it. Oh, <laughs> the great pancake squeeze-off. I don't have to squeeze mine because it's a loose batter in a bowl. That's the problem. Not enough squeeze to your pancake, as in life, as in pancakes. <laughs> okay. Regardless of how you do it, putting the batter in a measuring cup also helps for you to know like the, the area of like your pancake as well. So don't just pour the batter into the pan straight away. Even if you've got a squeezy bottle... If your sight isn't really there, at least if you put it into like a half cup and just get some like cheap like cup measurements, at least you know how much space you can like make sure that with experience you know how much space it's going to take up and what size it will be in your pan. Yeah, true. So I think that's a really good way around it. Because if you're doing it from a squeezy bottle... You squeeze it into a cup. You can squeeze... Yeah, but if you're just doing it straight into the pan... Oh, yeah, you fucked. You have no control over how big that is. And that's going to be different every single time. Because when I do it with batter, I'll use a measuring cup. 
I'll make my batter and then I'll just scoop out what I need. Then you've got a lot of wasted batter. No, because it stores for like a week. You put it in the free, uh, the fridge. <laughs> in the fridge. <laughs> I was about to say freezer, which you can do, but I don't usually do that, so it's the fridge. <laughs> or you could put it in a sustainer <laughs> airtight container. Any excuse. <laughs> which are also freezer proof. <laughs> oh, God, damn. Isn't any container freezer proof? No, not all of them. That's what makes the stemmer. No, it's the most all containers, all containers are freezer proof. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say so. Glass isn't. You can put glass in the freezer. Go put a glass bottle of beer in the fridge, uh, in the freezer overnight. Yeah, but that's the beer that fucks it up, not the glass. You put a glass of water in the freezer, you'd be fine. I don't think that's true. Give it a go. No. no. So slip, uh, flip in the pancakes... Make it easy for yourself. Get two spatulas. One on the bottom, one on the top. Flip it over that way. Or put a plate on top of your frying pan. Flip it over and slide it back in. Oh, you'd have to have quite a big plate, though, to put it or over a, small a frying pan. pan. Or a small pan. I have a small pan, specifically for pancakes. You have a pancake pan? Yeah. You've got too many pans, mate. <laughs> how, many, how many pans do you even have? What sort of pans are we talking? This is what I'm talking about. You only need two. You need a wok and a frying pan. Done. I've got a wok, a cast iron frying pan, a pancake pan, a griddle pan, various saucepans. Okay, yeah. I mean, people need saucepans as well. I'll give you that. You only got one of each, though, because you strike me as a person that's got at least, at least two of each of those. No. I only got one of each. Don't shit, give me that shit-eating grin. I only have one of each. Okay. I only have one of each, you bastard. How many did you have to throw out? When I moved last, I threw out a few. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it! <laughs> so I'm not going to say that I didn't replace some of them. Yeah. Um, pancakes, simple enough. Flipping stuff in a in a pan is... Just make sure you, you know like the size of your pan and stuff like that. It's an experience more than anything. Mm. Don't be afraid to get burnt. On the burning side as well, don't bother with like the, the connected oven mitts because I find that they're a little bit crap. Recently I bought, um, you can get barbecue gloves and you can move all your fingers. If you're a blinky, get those because you can actually grip things and they'll protect your hands. So you don't have to worry about all of that nonsense of using a tea towel or or like a connected oven mitt. You just have a bit more control over what you're doing. And the ones I've got, like, super heat resistant. So technically, if I wanted to, I could probably flip the, like flip a steak or a piece of chicken in a pan using my hands, providing that they're clean gloves, because it's not really going to affect me all that much. Oh, that is actually that be a that is actually a properly good solution. If those gloves do what you say they do, then just literally picking a bit of steak up out of a pan and just turning it over, or even a pancake, if I'm honest. Yeah, just grabbing it and flipping it. I mean, yeah, you got to wash your gloves at the end of the day, but yeah, but these like they're quick dry as well. So just chuck them in your load, and they'll dry up in an hour after you take them out. They'll be ready for the next day. There you go. But that's a good solution. The ones I get, I think like they're only cheap, like nine pounds, but they're rated up to like eight hundred Celsius, and nothing you're cooking inside is ever getting up to that. I mean, I still imagine you can't put the gloves over open flames. No, 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 you can't do that. But if you're doing like a, a 
like frying something off, like a bit of steak or chicken and stuff like that. There's no reason why you couldn't use your hands, like 100%. I mean, I got them for barbecuing, just because I was fed up with burning myself. If you want your eggs over easy, just stick your hands in there and flip them over. <laughs> Maybe not with eggs. <laughs> <laughs> just pinch them, you know, with your thumb and forefinger <laughs> and just whoop. Also, I would say that if you're cooking for a load of people, it might not be the strongest move to get your gloves on and start flipping people's food by hand. <laughs> or maybe they won't be bothered. I don't know. I don't know. It's not like you've actually touched it with your hands, is it? Yeah, I suppose. Just don't scratch your ass with your gloves on. <laughs> <laughs> but that that's a really good, good solution. Shall we have a quick chat about... Oh, let's do hot drinks first. You talked about the loop in the finger method. Yeah, just took your thumb over the side and then pour uh, pour your hot water in until your thumb gets burnt. Now that's how you know you've got near the top. It sucks to begin with, but as time goes on, you will become very resistant to that heat. Calluses will develop fairly quickly. Yeah. It's unfortunate, but it is a good solution. You can get things like water level readers and stuff like that, and they kind of work, but they're very hard to clean. And you're not always going to have that. When you're out and about, are you? If you're at work or somewhere else and you're making your breakfast in the kitchen at work, you might not have one of those level alarms, water alarms. Exactly. And because it's a big beepy alarm thing, it draws so much attention. I'm not a fan of that. I just want to crack on, especially at work. I just want to make a cup of tea. I don't want to alert the world that I'm I'm making a cup of tea. Yeah. And they take stupid little watch batteries as well. So you can get them on Amazon now, which is fine. Get them online. Back in the day... Before, like, online shopping, I had to go into a bloody jewellers and get a watch battery. It's like, who's got time for that? No one, that's who. But that touches on, like, um, accessible things around the kitchen as well. You can get a lot of accessible things around the kitchen. A lot of them are very expensive, I will say that. And I may do with the, the basic shit, to be honest. Mr. £20 over there. <laughs> Hey, they're all for different things. <laughs> See what a frying pan's for? All of those things. <laughs> I guess. You can get stuff from like the R&OB and things like that in, in the kitchen. If you want to get ripped off. That's the problem. Like, not to... to... No, this is the message on the show from me. Fuck R&OB. <laughs> <laughs> the thing with R&OB... Here's the balance. Is... We don't know what they do. That's a callback to the charities episode. We don't know what they do. But let's say I want to get, like, a talking thermometer, which is very reasonable, like cooking thermometer, so I can check that, like, my chicken's cooked through. That's, like, 50 quid. Pound shop, mate. That's where you want to be. Yeah, but you're not getting a talking one, are you? Yeah, probably from Poundland. Maybe. I don't look at that. But everything they sell is ridiculously expensive. Yeah, and that's the problem. Like, talking scales, 100 quid. Like, I don't want to spend that much on any scales, let alone these. I mean... Do you do? Get all those old-school scales, you know, with the little dial thing that goes round. Yeah. And then just smash the glass front bit out of it and then just feel where the dial is. <laughs> I don't think you'll have to smash the glass. I think you could take it out. <sighs> Where's the fun in that? We don't condone breaking glass on objects to make them accessible. I'm sure you could take the plastic thing out. That's what the sign says, break glass to make accessible. <laughs> and then we could they give you a little miniature fire axe to do it. <laughs> That's another really good title for the episode. 
not rare. Break glass to make accessible. <laughs> no, but you are right. You could take the plastic out and you can get things... Um, you can use Tipex or you can get something called bump dots, which are just a little adhesive dots that you can put on your equipment. So if you want to like get get a friend to mark off sections like on your... Like, the way you say it is put it on your equipment. Like I'm just going to mark the notches on my own peen. <laughs> Sometimes you want intervals. <laughs> God damn it, Cleans. But yeah, you can get, get someone with like vision and just say, oh, my oven, can I have a bump dot at 100 Celsius, 150 Celsius, 200? And it's just so that you can just do it by touch. That's over your, your microwave. You can say, oh, I want one on start, one on stop, and then one on like two minutes or something like that, like the two-minute quick cook. So there are things like that, like that that are really useful. And you could do that with scales as well. Like take the thing out and then that would work. Like measuring jugs as well. Like, oh no, B, I saw they have a talking measuring jug. That's quite a good idea. It's like 80 quid. All of a sudden I'm feeling like bump dots. You know what? Get bump dots. Get one of those glass ones. Like a bump dots, I think a microwave safe as well. And just get someone to put them on every 100 millilitres. You have to put them on the inside, though, and dip your hand in, wouldn't you? Put them on the outside. Yeah, but how would you know where your liquid is if you can't see the liquid? That's a fair point. You'd still have to dip your hand in, wouldn't you? But still, there's a way around it. It's a much cheaper way. You, you know, you... Use both hands. Are we back on the peen thing? <laughs> <laughs> Use both hands, take it either side, and then meet in the middle. Exactly. Like the pin thing. <laughs> Don't leave those bump dots on though, because you might end up at the doctor's and they're just peeling them off. <laughs> At least make sure they're like interesting colours. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to just use red. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there, there, there is equipment out there. My problem is it's very expensive for very niche stuff. Maybe uh, certain companies will exploit you for the for that. But you know who won't exploit you? Your own right hand. Sistema on quality. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> I didn't even think you were going to say that. I don't know why I didn't, I didn't pick up on it straight away. You actually <laughs> led me down that path. Yep. Fuck's sake. All right, what do we have to summarise from this at least? We summarise that get in the kitchen and start cooking things, firstly. Don't be lazy. Every blinky can cook stuff. There are cheap methods out there to make your breakfast. Safer methods than you think. Yep. So not everything has to be done. Just because it says fry up doesn't mean you need a big frying pan to shove everything in at once. Although it, it is probably preferable to having 20. I don't have 20. Oh, but like, when I do it, I, I use like one pan and then one like oven dish. That's two. I say Mr. Lazy. Um, you say lazy. I say efficient. Okay. Well, I enjoy those burns. So, I think we'll we'll call it there. Enjoy a healthy fry-up breakfast? Yep. Don't worry, next episode's not going to be about lunch. Get some heat. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be about dinner. Get yourself some delicious... Get some heat-proof gloves. That seemed like the best advice from this thing. Mm. Heat-proof gloves. And learn, learn like, the... The size and sort of like shape of the stuff you have in the kitchen, like your spatulas and like your, your pans, know what their size are. And use measuring cups. Like that's the other thing I say: get measuring cups because they're 
once you've sort of like gotten used to it, like you'll know how big like your batter is and, and stuff like that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh come on, man. <laughs> and on that, let's call it. Let's call it. Until well, next week. Until next week. Have a good breakfast. Have a good breakfast. Thanks for listening to the Seesaw Podcast. You can find us on Facebook at Seesaw Podcast, Twitter, Seesaw Pod. You can email us at seesawpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on TikTok and Instagram at Seesaw Podcast or Seesaw Pod, depending on which one we want. But get us on the other places. This podcast was recorded in front of a blind audience.